Hi, this is Jason. And this is Jimmy Mack from the Forcecast. And you're listening to Geek Out Loud. May the Force be with you, bro. Previously on Geek Out Loud. There's been a sub-movement asking me if I listen to the Forcecast and what am I going to do to wheel my way onto that show. And I, you know what? I'm scared to even say this because now this is getting ridiculous. This is where it's getting crazy. We're going to start a movement to get Steve on the Forcecast. Now, this is a hard one to get onto. On behalf of the listeners of this show and their love of Star Wars, I'm requesting a guest appearance on the Forcecast, whether it be a roundtable discussion about a Clone Wars episode, or maybe even the biggest honor ever of being able to sit with you, figuratively mind you, in the palatial Forcecast studio, and just have a great time of geeking out about Star Wars with you. Not for me, Jason, this isn't for me. This is for the fans. This is for the listeners. This is for the people. Hey, Jason, Jimmy Mac, guys. Let's bring the fun together and make one crazy, crazy bit of fun. You can find me at Docking Bay 9494. Dear Santa, if it's not too much to ask, could you please get in touch with Jason and Jimmy Mack from the Forcecast and ask them to let me be a guest host on their show. Um, you know, I'm just sitting here grooving, grooving in my chair, kind of dancing and recording at the same time. Just having a good time, just having fun. And all I can think about is the fun that we would have together should you allow me to come on the show. Just think about it. Big Hulk and Steve, Jason, Jimmy Mac. It's a match made in force heaven. On this episode of Geek Out Loud, inspired by an email from Bob, if you can't go to the mountain, bring the mountain to you. We did it. The Forcecast comes to your safe place to geek out. This is the Geek Out Loud Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Geek Out Loud, the official podcast of geekoutonline.com. This is what I'm going to guarantee to you, the greatest podcast listening audience in the universe. That next episode, we are going to clear out the mailbag. It's going to be 
um, all emails, all listener emails, just to kind of try to catch up to this point where we're at today. And I'm excited about what's going on today because after a long campaign, uh, we caught their attention. We got in touch with them. Bob emailed me and said, just have them on your show. And here they are. Today they're going to come on the show. Uh, Jason and Jimmy Mack from the Forcecast are going to be with us. And I'm trying to get this out on the Friday of uh, San Diego Comic-Con just so it can kind of coincide with Star Wars Friday because, you know, it feels like it should. This is a big Star Wars event for me to have these guys on. And so they'll be here in just a second. A couple other things I want to make you aware of. In August, a new podcast is starting up called The Big Honkin' Show. Now, this is going to be broadcast on radio in the area in which I live. It's going to be yours truly, uh, talking about all things, probably a lot of things non-geeky. But we're going to bring a few segments from Geek Out Loud over, namely, or at least one segment, namely, um, the real-life superhero segment is going to be moving to The Big Honkin' Show. So uh, though that'll be airing on Saturdays live in the area that I live in. If you're able to pick up 93.5 from Hazelhurst, Georgia, uh, it'll be airing on Saturdays from 10 to 11 in the morning and uh, just in time for Saturday morning cartoons. And uh, then on the following Monday, uh, the, the episode, the show will be posted live or will be posted to a podcast format uh, for everyone to listen to. So be looking for The Big Honkin' Show. Uh, pretty soon the website will be launching bighonkinshow.com. Uh, it's not up yet, but it's coming. So just be ready for that. Know that um, the greatest podcast listening audience in the universe has really helped make some of these things happen and take place, and I greatly, greatly appreciate that. Well, uh, without further ado, let's just jump into the meat of what is today. This was, an, this was an audio interview recorded via Skype, so there are a few sound issues here and there that I'm still trying to figure out those bugs and work those things out. But I was so excited to have Jason and Jimmy Mack from the Force Cast on, so we're just going to jump right into that interview right now. One of the goals that I've had with Geek Out Loud was 100 positive reviews on iTunes. We achieved that, and I said, let's really shoot for the stars, and let's get the attention of the guys of the Force cast. And I am so happy and pleased to let everyone know today that we have with us the hosts of the Force cast, one Jason and one Jimmy Mack. Guys, thanks so much for being with us, or with me. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having Thanks. us, man. Thanks, Steve. Uh, we, um, I have a confession to make. Uh, you know, back when Pete was with the show, he coined the term Z-list celebrities, that, that you guys are <laughs> Z-list celebrities. And, uh, and I went ahead and said, well, if they're Z-list celebrities, then I must be like a double A-list celebrity <laughs> where you kind of just roll on over into the double letters. <laughs> and uh, so, so I'm really excited to be with you guys. And, and I actually started, and it was meant to be a funny bit, and I want to go ahead since I have you guys here and apologize because it was just meant to be a funny bit. I started a campaign trying to get people to email you guys to have me on the show. And Right, right, right. And so I don't know if you guys got like one email, three emails. I had people tell me they emailed you, but I don't know if they really did. 
Um, but I want to apologize right here and now for that moment. For that, yeah, you so. apologize for all that uh, publicity you were given to our show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you apologize. No, we did. We got a lot of emails about this. And we we're like, who is this guy? <laughs> and um, but you know, we heard from everybody but you. Well, That's yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so well, it's I didn't like, want to sing. Oh, you really want to? You know, is this like serious? Because um, it seemed kind of odd. Like everybody's talking about Big Honk and Steve, but we never heard from Steve. <laughs> the man behind the curtain. Well, you know, I didn't want to really promote myself. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> but um, but I got an email from a guy named Bob in Pittsburgh, and he's like, "Hey, uh, those guys have a bigger podcast than you. Why don't you just ask them to come on your show?" And I was like, that's a great idea, Bob. Never thought of that. So, uh, <laughs> so here we are. Here, here we are. That's right. Uh, uh, now, the Force cast, you know, is all about Star Wars. I mean, it is the Star Wars podcast. In, in fact, the Force cast is the reason when I got into podcasting why I didn't just go ahead and do a, a straight Star Wars-specific podcast. Um, because you guys already had the market cornered. You already had... What you guys are doing is so good, there's really no need for anything else. <laughs> and, uh, well, I mean, I'm not just saying that because you're here. Like, that, you genuinely put out a good product every, every single week. Your love for the franchise, your love for the, for the wars, if you will, comes through on a regular basis. How did you guys get into Star Wars? What, what is your Star Wars tale? Jason, go ahead. You want me to go? All right. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I don't... I, I don't remember a time in my life where there wasn't Star Wars. I was born in August of 77, so um, the Star Wars phenomenon had uh, really just come about um, for, you know, from the time I can remember. Yeah. My first introduction was just growing up with these toys in my house. And I didn't really know what they were for, but I mean, I just, it's like growing up with a teddy bear. I mean, it's like it's right. always there. Instead of a teddy bear, I grew up with you know, a Darth Vader and a Stormtrooper action figure. There you go. Yeah, and the Millennium Falcon... And they were just always around. And I remember there being all this excitement about um, Empire Strikes Back. And, oh, yeah, I, yeah. and I didn't get to see it. And I, it was just, you know, I was four years old. And, um, but I remember waiting for it to hit video. You know, back yes. in the day when you had to actually rent the VCR. Yeah. And, <laughs> And you, you hope that, you know, I mean, you know, there was beta and VHS at that point, and uh, I think Laserdiscs were, were, were coming about. And um, so I remember asking every day. I must have driven my folks crazy because I was always asking, when is Empire Strikes Back coming out on video? When is Empire Strikes Back coming out on video? <laughs> and um, I actually never saw Empire until after Jedi came out, and that was oh, really... Oh, wow. That, I know. I know, and that horrible... So I saw Jedi, I think, I was about six years old when it came out, and I saw it probably four or five times. I mean, that was back during the day where it seemed like, you know, it would have its big run for, from, you know, May to, like, August, September, and then they would bring it back around the holidays, and they would bring, you know, they kept bringing them back. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, at least that's how I remember it. Maybe it was just a really, really long initial run. But anyway, <laughs> so I saw it, I, I must have saw it four or five times. And um, then, I, then I got to see Star Wars. It came on HBO, and I, then I saw Empire Strikes Back 5. So I saw them way out of order. Wow. Uh, I went like 6, 4, 5. Um, but uh, anyway, I mean, and my cousins, I, I have a, a pretty big family. My mom's got a couple brothers and a sister, and 
So I have a lot of first cousins, and that was it. That's all we did. We either played Star Wars like you know ourselves as the characters and go out in the woods, you know, oh, walk yeah. Yeah. Tracks, you know, hide in the trees and all that, or um, or we were playing with the figures. I mean, between all my cousins and I, we we had we had everything, all the vintage Kenner stuff. So, well, now I mean, you, you bring that up, Jason, and and I'm sorry to interrupt you. It, this okay. is just a total random tangent. But nowadays, when you bump into people who just maybe peripherally know you or they're just getting to know you, and Jimmy Mac, this goes for you too, and they begin to find out that you're a Star Wars fan, um, do, you have, do they ever have this conversation with you like, oh, I used to have so much stuff from Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. and, and then, they, and then they, they make this statement. Man, I had that big ship. What's that big ship called that was so popular? I'm like the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> yeah, man, I had that. And it's uh -huh. like, really? Because everyone had that, dude. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah, they didn't sell many of those. <laughs> They're like really trying to like impress you with their Star Wars stuff. And I, I know. What happens a lot, Jim, I know that you have people coming up to you all the time like, did you hear about that new Star Wars cartoon? Yeah. <laughs> or I'll be, I'll be, they confuse Star Wars and Star Trek a oh, lot of times. Right. And I do like Star Trek, and I'm a fan of it, but... Not on know, this show, you're not, Buster. <laughs> <laughs> Star, but you know, Star Wars is my thing, and sure. and a lot of times, yeah, people come up to me with these, yeah, huge news bulletins about that show on Cartoon Network, or uh, you know, things of that nature, and it's always just you know, you just gotta humor them a little bit and and, and move along, you know. It, you can tell right away who's gonna match wits with you when it comes to Star sure. Wars, right yeah. away. Yeah. Just know, you know, it's it's something that's. It's, you just have that sixth sense. You can just tell. I've got a friend um, who I met through my brother, actually. And, and my brother had told me, this guy's a Star Wars fan. He's into comic books. You'll really like him. And whenever anyone tells me that about someone, generally my response is, I'm not going to like this person. <laughs> because I'm going to find myself in competition with this person. <laughs> yes. And so we... Yeah. we uh, so yeah, we, I, I, I meet this... I get that too. Where a lot of times I'll be like, "You'll love him. He's he, he he's way into Star Trek. You'll love right. him." But I find, oh, he's really. They mean Star Wars, right? Right. But then I just feel like, oh God, now I got to talk to him about Star Wars. You know, it almost feels like sometimes they're gonna force someone. I mean, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> you know, it just you know push us off in the corner so we can go talk about Star Wars. And uh, sometimes there's a little pressure with that, you know. Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh boy, do I, I'm gonna have to open up to this guy, and I don't even know him now because the pressure's <laughs> on to talk about Star Wars. I'll tell you what, though, nine times out of ten, I meet a fan for life, a friend for life. I'm sorry, a friend for life. And sure, uh, yeah. But you know what I mean? There's that pressure, that yeah. that awkward blind date type. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's you know? like a blind date. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Well, Jim, what's your story with Star Wars? How did you, how well, did you find you know, yourself getting into it? I, uh, I, uh, I grew up with Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars came out in 77. That's when I was a uh, third grader. I was, in the, I was eight years old. And up till that point, I was really into the superheroes and Batman especially and Six Million Dollar Man was very popular and gi joe's the big ones with the kung fu grip right right but you know we just didn't have anything as special as star wars like you know i, I did like space a lot i mean this was a time i was born the year um we landed a man on the moon 
and it seemed like space was very interesting and cool. And I remember collecting space stamps from the post office and just having an interest. But Star Trek didn't really grab me because it was very cerebral and mature. And I liked, I was more into, you know, the shoot 'em ups, the explosions, the coolness that a futuristic society can bring you. Sure, yeah. And yeah. Uh, when, so when Star Wars came out, I was a little late to the party. I actually saw it later in the summer. It, it, it was, they released it gradually, and it seemed like every kid I knew had seen Star Wars before I did. And the movie I saw instead of Star Wars was The, the Deep, Peter Benchley's The Deep, which... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. Choice, yeah, Jim. <laughs> well, Jimmy Max Jimmy Max slogan for life is now never again. Never yeah. again will I be beaten to the Star Wars punch. I did like I did like Jaws, and I remember seeing it um, when I was about seven. I saw it at a drive-in, and I did like it a lot. And it was scary and cool. So I thought the deep. I thought that was the way to go that summer. I even had Marvel did a comics adaptation of the deep, which I still own. Um, and it was about as exciting as the movie, which was not at all. Um, so, and it's funny because I was in summer camp at the YMCA at day camp, and we had a van, this white van that oh, all the kids. Tell me you snuck away from the rest of the group to go see Star Wars. Well, well hold on now. I'll, I'll get to that. I, obviously, it, it does have a happy ending because. I think by now you realize I have seen Star Wars a couple times. But... Oh, whenever you hear a child, you know, a guy recounting a story about being a child in a big white van, <laughs> it's, okay. you never know how this That's is going right. to That's right. That's right. All right. All right. It was Mr. T swooped in to save the day. All right. Listen, let me set this up, you guys. Sorry. Get your, get your minds out of the gutter. There was a parade happening in the town, and we were representing ourselves by this van that we were going to paint, and the theme was movies. So we had this white van and all this paint, and they were going to drive the van in the parade. And all the kids did Star Wars, and I didn't even know what it was, and I did the deep. What kind of kid? <laughs> Summer of 77. What kind of kid is not painting Star Wars on that van? They give you a van to paint, and I'm painting these guys underwater with flippers on, while these other kids are doing X-Wings and TIE Fighters. Little well, Jimmy the Mac stood there with tears in his eyes, and he said, never again, never again. <laughs> what is Star Wars business? So then we got the Wonder Bread, and out pops the Tusken Raider trading card. And I look at this thing, and I'm like, I got to see this movie now. Look at this. So I convinced my dad to take me to see it, and we got there 15 minutes late. Oh, no. Yeah, we got there when 3PO was coming out of the oil bath. I'll never forget it. And I remember sitting there with my dad, um, like some sort of know-it-all, like I'm the hip kid, you know, and Darth Vader walks in, and I'm like, Dad, his name is Death Invader. <laughs> I remember my dad going, geez, you really know this stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, I know it. Little did he know <laughs> the prophecy. Um, but, I mean, that's it. So, I mean, after, I, I just recall leaving the theater feeling completely blown away. And what really did it for me was the, the Death Star battle at the end. I did not expect those wings to split open to reveal the X-Wing fighter. When those oh, wings wow. opened up. 
I damn near had a heart attack. <laughs> I remember just like right after coming out of the theater, and this went on for days, I would almost be having Star Wars hallucinations with my imagination just running overboard. I'd see Star Destroyers off in the distance in the sky. I would just be thinking about it all the time, all the time. So I finally convinced my mom to then take us back so we can see the whole thing. And then I saw the Star Destroyer coming on overhead. I really started to understand the story more and more. And that summer alone, I must have seen it a half dozen, eight times. Wow. And yeah. the re-releases over and over again. By the time the re-releases started happening, every summer, 78, 79, I believe they even put it in the theaters for a couple weeks in 80, along with Empire. And I just recall going back then, then I was hooked and getting very hardcore about it. So I must have seen the original Star Wars in the theater about 25 times, and um, just, I mean, that was it, you know. Next thing you know, the, the action figures come out. All my friends were into Star Wars. We, I didn't have friends who were Star Wars fans. Every kid I knew was into Star Wars. And not one kid was into the deep, other than myself. No. <laughs> <laughs> the deep, that is so pathetic. To hear myself <laughs> recounting all that stuff. Oh yeah, I think you owe like, us, uh, Jim. I think you owe us a, a microcast just on the deep. Just on, on the deep, the, yes. <laughs> I'll get the, I'll get gruff yet lovable Nick Nolte to be a guest. Oh wow, deep, Tina. Yeah, he was yeah, he's in not there. doing anything right now. Get, a, get in touch <laughs> with him. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jason, I'm a lot like you. I was born in January of '77, and so I just, I don't remember a time where there wasn't Star Wars. And right. and so Jimmy, it's it's really cool to hear your take on this because you were there, you were caught up in the hype of the deep and the later Star Wars, and you were <laughs> able to really kind of you know kind of catch the wave and, and ride it. I, in fact, I didn't see Star Wars on the big screen until the special editions came out. I didn't see Episode Four rather yeah. on the big. I still call it Star Wars: Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Um, but I didn't see Episode Four until the special editions on on the big screen. That is. In fact, my earliest memory, and, and I'm wanting to find someone who remembers this stuff, and so maybe you guys are the guys. I want to say it was CBS on which Star Wars was airing, and before uh, it aired, there was like a little 10-minute mini-documentary, or featurette, as we would call them today on DVDs, where they talked about the Star Wars craze that swept the nation and all the merchandising, and they had all these different people telling how many times they'd seen Star Wars, I imagine if they were in Chicago, they probably would have cut out a scene where a kid's like, I've seen Star Wars a dozen times, and I've seen The Deep once. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but at every commercial break when they were showing the movie, they had, like, different celebrities. It must have been, like, the five-year anniversary or something. I don't know. And, and they'd have celebrities <laughs> talk about the impact of Star Wars. And the one that I remember most vividly is Fred and Wilma Flintstone talking about Star Wars. Oh, gosh. I mean, do you guys remember that? No. No. Well, it. Someone's <laughs> got to find this. Uh, what this does is, Fred and Wilma say? I don't remember. I just remember being amazed. This little box comes up with the Star Wars logo, and it flips around, and there's Fred and Wilma sitting on a couch. <laughs> oh, my God. Talking about Star Wars, or, or you know, however right, he talks. Right. and, and right. uh <laughs> Man, I was sure it would be you guys that would remember it. But that was the way I remember seeing this movie the most, is, is on TV. So it was that when those special edition trailers came out, 
and and you just and the, and the voiceover guys talking for years. This is how people experience mm. Star Wars. Yeah. And then when that X-wing just blows through that little TV, I'm like, this is. Yeah, it's goosebumps. So, you know, and I was not <clears throat> um, at that time. Was not following. I mean, the, the internet was still really. Uh, fresh to me yeah, and yeah. I, I just got to college and I didn't grow up with a computer in the house and so the way I mean I remember when you were like paying like five cents an email or whatever right right yeah. and um, so I wasn't really hooked up with the web too much and so we ended up going to see my wife desperately wanted to see this she's a big uh, animal nut and we want she wanted to see that wild America movie with uh, about the Stouffer brothers yeah well, the kid that played Casper in it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's right <clears throat> he was in that and we went to this this theater to see it and they had this huge display for the special editions I'm like what is going on and I go and I sit down and they're playing the trailers and that was the trailer they played and I just talk about wanting to just come out of your skin I mean it was unbelievable I still get goosebumps when I watch that oh trailer. sure yeah yeah well it was just I actually lost a girlfriend because of uh, a new hope special edition <laughs> 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 it was college, man. I was there was this little cute chick. She was kind of digging on me. I was digging on her, and you know it was great times. Good time to be in love. Well, here comes Star Wars, and mm -hmm. uh, and I got I actually organized about twenty eight of us going to see the movie that night in the town in the town where I was, and uh, made sure she was sitting right next to me when we got in the theater and everything. And and I said she's like, well, I've never really watched Star Wars. I'm like, well, if you have any questions, just ask. And um, Man, when those letters come up on the screen a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and oh, the, the, the opening crawl, I was just like, my jaw was on the floor. I have never seen episode four on the big screen, and it was like for the first 45 minutes of the movie, there was no one in that theater but me. Yeah. And, uh, and, and she had apparently tried to ask me a question or two, and I completely zoned out and ignored her. And, uh, <laughs> so, <clears throat> hey, man, there's a lot of women out there. There's only yeah. one Star Wars. That's right. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, uh, That's a T-shirt. That is a T-shirt. <laughs> so yeah, so um, it was then that I decided I need to learn how to rein this thing in and actually act in public with this stuff. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have um, have done such an outstanding job with the Force Cast. You, you're so positive about things, but so honest at the same time. And yep. uh, and and uh, it's so funny to me. Oftentimes, Jimmy Mac ends up being the Star Wars. Defender. I mean, he is he is the defender of all things Star Wars. Where, and uh, Jimmy, I mean, is it's a role that you feel obligated to take so many times, or? or <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because like like I'm scared to death to say anything negative about Star Wars when when it comes to talking to you. Not <laughs> well, that I no. would. I love Star Wars. Understand? It's the it's what I call the foundation of my geekdom. But, um, but you, sir, are passionate in your defense of the of the movies. Well, you know, it's it's something that just comes natural to me. I think people sometimes are a little bit closed-minded when it comes to certain aspects of the Star Wars universe. But, I mean, as far as going out and fighting battles, I don't. I just say what I think and what I feel. And I'll never forget this one time I was with my buddy. We were at the, the Billy Goat 
in downtown Chicago, which is a pretty well-known tavern, you know, Chibaga, 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 you know, the Saturday Night Live bid, all that stuff. And um, it, it's a, a well-known, just, you know, no bones about it place where a lot of journalists used to hang out and still do. And I was hanging out with my buddy there and we were talking about Jar Jar Binks. And I said, you know, I, I can't even remember what I said to him, but it got such a reaction out of him. He jumped up off his bar stool, pointed his finger at me and said, you're a Jar Jar apologist. <laughs> Everyone in the place stopped. They're all looking at me. And I just, I think I turned around and said, what am Misa saying? <laughs> But still, I mean, it's, and that was long before we started podcasting and sure, really sure. throwing our feelings and opinions out there. But I, I, I do think, I thought of that when you, you called me the Star Wars defender. Um, I, I don't really think Star Wars needs my defense in any way, shape, or form. I'm just, I'm just, I, I wear my emotions on my sleeve sometimes, and uh, I let my opinions be known. And I do take a very positive stance towards Star Wars, and that's why I'm a fan. I mean, you know, take well, it or leave it. It's refreshing. It's so refreshing to hear someone who's as big a fan as you guys are just be okay with everything. You know, even though you see the flaws, even though you see... And Jason, you've said many times, I see the flaws in the prequels, but that doesn't mean that I don't love the prequels. And, right. um, and it's just so refreshing to hear that. I tell people all the time, I didn't know people hated Ewoks until I got on the internet. And mm -hmm. um, Me too, man. I love the Ewoks, dude. I mean, uh, the, these guys... I remember growing up and, and just playing Ewok for us. We had a little section in our yard that was different than the rest of of the yard around our house and it was kind of grown up a little bit with some trees and some bushes and we called it the ewok village you right. know we just thought that was the coolest thing it and, was the um, best, it was the best playset that it I really was yeah that, that, i never had the death star playset that, that was short-lived yes uh, but uh i mean the ewok village you know christmas of 83 that was it that yep. was the toy yep <laughs> and and i just i didn't know i didn't know that they were so frowned upon you know, and when I went and saw episode one, the night my friends and I came out of that theater, we were just so excited about what we had seen that what a downer to find out a year later or so that it was just so, there were so many people hating on it. Mm. And it's just refreshing to hear Star Wars fans actually be excited about Star Wars. How, how did you guys get into this whole Force cast thing? How did that come about for you? Uh, well, for me, it, it, it came about, I mean, I, I had really, really started getting into podcasts and wanted to do my own podcast, but I didn't know what, what I would do it about, um, or why people would, you know, listen to me. I think everybody who starts out in podcasts and thinks, well, okay, well, why would anybody listen to me? And so, of course, I'm checking the force.net rebel scum religiously, and there was a post, and I wondered at the time, you know, around that time, like, why doesn't the biggest Star Wars fan site on the web uh, have, its, have a podcast? I was not familiar with what Eric had done uh, prior to, to the Forcecast. And Dustin Roberts posted something up on theforce.net saying, hey, we're looking to relaunch the podcast. Um, is anybody interested? And he wanted somebody with experience. He wanted, he's like, I, I think if I remember right, the description was like, you know, a year or more, you know, track record, uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so I emailed him and I said, hey, um, you know, my friend here doesn't 
think that I need a year's worth of experience. And I sent him a photo of me with Ian McDiarmid. Nice. When, when, I, when I accosted <laughs> him after a, a performance in New York and lied to him and said, oh, it was a great performance. It was fabulous. He knew. He knew. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, boy, you lie. Yeah, yeah, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, Ian, yes. And so I sent him that picture and, uh, you know, saying, hey, I got credit. I got cred here. Um, and so Dustin emailed back and we were just kind of emailing back and forth and I finally just really stepped in it and said, well, I'll send you a demo. And he emailed me right back and said, okay. <laughs> and, that, and I was like, oh, crap. I really need this now. I got to do this. You know, I, I've committed myself. Yeah, yeah. What and, have and, I done? I mean, I had to make the demo listenable and uh so i spun around in my cubicle and the guy that was working across from me was pete and uh, we had worked together for a couple of years at that point and i said you're not going to believe this but you know, dustin roberts emailed me I, you know dustin had, was just you know fairly fresh off of the big you know running for president thing sure, that they sure. fan club and so i mean and dustin's been around the community forever i mean he's very well known and i'm like dustin roberts emailed me back and we're gonna i gotta do this and what time can you come over and do this with me <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just never, accosted Pete. Oh, Pete's like, what? What? I really did. I mean, Pete had no, he had no choice. I mean, I, I could go on forever about like going to Radio Shack and trying to buy a. Qu I mean, it was horrible. We we're doing this all in one night. We wanted mm. to. I don't know why we thought we had to do it that night, but we did. <laughs> uh, we recorded the whole thing that night, and we lost the whole recording. Nice. Uh, yes. So we had to redo it the next day, and it went weeks and weeks and weeks and I heard nothing it was like you know it was like a real job interview heard nothing and then all of a sudden right around I think it was right around Labor Day 2006 um, Dustin said yep we got the green light from the boss you guys got the job and uh, so we started doing the show and uh, you, you know those those early shows are there <laughs> Austerity. Uh, Steve I'm sure you know what that's like those yes shows yes um, and it wasn't too long after we started that Dustin started telling, talking to us about this guy, Jimmy Mack, this, this radio guy. And I had worked in radio before uh, Pete and I worked together. So I knew all about DJs, jocks, we call them. I'm like, sure. oh, that's all we needed. <laughs> in some, the biz. That's right. Some jock from radio <laughs> trying to come in and, you know, because at that point I was like, you know, podcasting is, you don't get it, man. Radio doesn't get it. And I'm like, the last thing we need is some hack jock coming in to tell us what to do. So Pete and I were really on, on you know, turf, uh, you know, uh, we, we were peeing all over the show, basically. We didn't want Jimmy around at all. And <laughs> right. so Mark that territory. Oh, yeah, totally. And finally, uh, we, we heard something that he produced. Uh, and Jimmy and I, we were just talking about what the first thing was. And I remember it being a microcast with, with some uh, clips of you talking to Femi Taylor at maybe like Celebration 2. Right. Uh, and um, I'm like, oh, God, this guy's really good. This <laughs> really good. We're dead. We're All of a sudden, I started wiping up the pee. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we're dead. He's going to, you know, it's not, we just lost the show, Pete, because this guy's, this guy's really good. Yeah. So I'll let Jimmy kind of take it over from his perspective at that. So here comes Jimmy with his the right. deep T-shirt on. Yes. Right. <laughs> I, I and I had a feeling things were going down that way, but um, my my background has always 
happen in broadcast radio. Sure. And I've worked in Chicago, and I've worked in L.A., and I've worked on some fairly high-profile shows as a producer and a reporter and a production guy. And um, I uh, produced a show for CBS Radio back in 2005 called the Star Wars. Uh, the, I think it was called the Star. I can't even remember what I called it. But it was just Star Wars special, and it featured my interviews with actors from all six of the films that I had acquired by going to places like Star Wars Celebration, Wizard World Chicago, and just other opportunities I had being in the, the broadcast biz. And it was a project that I'd wanted to do for a long time, and I just figured with the release of Revenge of the Sith, this is my in. I could see... I could see them running with this if I give them a nice, tight, well-produced show. I, I bet they'll run with it. And they did, and I was really happy about it. During the special editions and the prequel era and all that, I was like the go-to guy for a, lot of Star, or for a lot of Chicago radio guys when they wanted to talk Star Wars or wanted to get Star Wars information. They would just get me. So it was real <laughs> cool to be able to showcase my geekdom in one nice, tight, hour-long package have fun doing it, have a purpose for going to these conventions other than just to, you know, buy collectibles or, you know, get <laughs> autographs or, you know, stuff like that. I mean, I, I really wanted to give something back to the Star Wars fan community, which I always had been a part of, just not a real active member. And the big thing that was holding me back was I was never much of a computer nerd. I was never really into building websites or, or working on computers. I would check out the Force.net all the time and Rebel Scum because I was a collector and still am. But, and I wanted, I wanted prequel news, but I didn't like spoilers. So I, I really couldn't go and check all that stuff out. But I did know I wanted to give something back. Yeah. So now podcasting rears its head, and I look at podcasting and go, oh, you know, this is amateur hour. I do. I, <laughs> Just the opposite of what Jason and Peter are doing over there. Yeah, I, well, I'm like, this is not, you know, I do stuff for broadcast. My stuff's on FM radio. I, podcasting, what's the, this is this is a joke. So I just found myself in an opportunity where I was able to give Jason and Pete a good listen and listen to the Forcecast. And I believe it was around Thanksgiving 2006. I listened to their interview with Jeremy Bullock. And I'm like, you know, they're raw, but there's a quality about these guys I really like. And they have good chemistry. And they're talking about Star Wars in a way I've never really heard fans talk about it, you know, on a podcast that I can listen to and and, and so I, I went back and listened to all of them they had done up to that point. And after about a week of doing that, I said, you know, I really should reach out to these guys. I, I hear what they're trying to do, but I'm not really sure if they're quite there. And I think maybe I can just give them a little help to tighten things up for them. And, I, I, you know, I can't remember what I was thinking back then. But I knew I had all this material from going to all those shows all those years. And... A lot of the stuff I had to really edit down for the special. So here's now a format where I could play long-form interviews that I've done and help me connect with Star Wars fans, which is something I really wanted to do. Because at that time, I was also afraid, after Revenge of the Sith, that I was losing my Star Wars edge. Was Star Wars gone forever? Was I as into it as I had always been? I needed something to put gas back in my tank. Sure, sure. And hearing the Force cast, that's... That's what happened. And so I realized, like, real quick that I wanted to be a part of it, and I knew I could be. 
um, just as long as they heard my stuff and, and as long as we got along and everything. But so I went through Dustin, who I didn't know. I didn't know before this. I just reached out to him blindly and said, hey, you know, I'm a radio guy in Chicago. I hear what you're trying to do. I'd like to help out. Um, and I knew, I knew that Jason and Pete would be like, oh, radio guy. We don't need this guy. He's trying to take over. And I knew, I knew that they were thinking that. And I was like, God, what can I tell these guys? What can I do to make them, you know, just to ease their, their, their tension about this? I don't want to take over. I don't have the time. I just want to be involved. And, um, and, uh, so they had me jumping through hoops, I think. You know, we were trying to develop some new, sh- a new show open and stuff. Enter Admiral Monty. All right, all right, all right, all right. I got a, I got a confession to make. Okay, here it is. Here it is. This is the first time that any, uh, we've ever said anything like this. Um, so we wanted a, a better show. Well, Jim was kind of critical of our show open, which now, you know, he's, he's a pro, so, I mean, he does this editing thing. He doesn't know that took me like half a day. Sure, sure. Show yes. Okay. Yeah. So he comes in, he's like, ah, I think it can be made better, you know. So I'm saying to Pete, I'm like, you know, what in the world can we give him for a sh- to do a show open that will just mess him up big time? Like, what's the most <laughs> least likely show open? And he's like, dude, it's got to be that Joe Yowza song from Return of the Jedi. I'm like, Jedi rocks? He's like, yeah, 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 make it that. So Pete emailed. I didn't think he was going to do it. He emails yeah. <laughs> Jim after getting Jim's first version. I can't remember what tune it was in the first, but it was probably great. Yeah. <laughs> and Pete wants him to chase his tail a little bit. So he says, no, no, it's got to be Jedi Rocks. And I'm like, he'll never get anything good out of that. Out of that. Yeah. You know, you listen and to the here show. here we are. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> we've had for you know, two and a half years so we and, and Pete was very vague in the email too like you know it was just like um try the yowza number or something like just really <laughs> like perhaps i'd be yowza number what are you saying you know but it was just you know i i was i heard i speak the language i knew what he was talking about and i listened to the thing i'm like this is brilliant no. <laughs> <laughs> I ran with it, and then you know these guys are like, oh, yeah, "It's pretty good." And then Jason's like, oh, "Put the galaxy is listening in there somewhere." Like, I'm <laughs> okay. So are we friends now? And then now I'm still, you know, I'm still feeling like you know they're holding me off. And I was contributing fairly regularly to the show for the first couple, three, four months, and we didn't even talk to each other. It wasn't until we started getting um, our plans together for. Los Angeles and Star Wars Celebration 4, which we were all going to. And we just started communicating about that a little bit. And that started help to help break the ice more and more. And, but still, Jason and Pete were making me jump through hoops a little bit by, you know, just throwing out trivial things at me to see if I knew what they were talking about. You know? <laughs> at what, well, listen, at what point did you throw uh, uh, Richard... Uh... Admiral oh, Motti, give me a nickel. Yeah, Richard LaParmentier. Yeah, yeah. LaParmentier. At what point did you just throw that back at him and say, here's my trump card, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember how that, that, that came about. Well, well what happened was we were talking about him actually in L.A. Now we're out in L.A., and, and we're all hanging out together, and we're having the time of our lives, and it's like, yeah, we're all buddies. And me and Jason were just talking about, I, got, I don't even know what led us to the conversation, but I said, you know what? I think I have audio of him swearing at me. <laughs> 
face is just listening to me talk and talk and talk because I had, by the time we got to LA, I felt like I had all this pent up Star Wars energy. Sure. That I sure. I think from the second the plan the plane landed in LA to the second it took off, I think I was talking the entire time just about all Star Wars things and all the stuff that I'd done and the actors I had met and interviewed in the past and really wanted to let these guys know I'm I'm a pretty damn serious Star Wars fan. <laughs> and uh, when it, you know, we got to him, and I wasn't even thinking about it, but I said, you know what? I think I have audio of him swearing at me. And the Don't be mad. Just an idea. You know what? It's a station idea. Yeah, just a station but idea. Three lines. lines. Now, you know what? I cannot do that. Because my line, this is now the most powerful station, battle station, uh -huh. universe, is being used as a slug line. Oh, yeah, you're right. And, yes. that's and you know what? I guess who hasn't been paid. We don't really that's disrespectful. That. Exactly. So I can't do it. The story behind that is it was in Indianapolis at Star Wars Celebration 2. I had uh, gone into the autograph area. And they were being really tight about me doing any interviews with sure. anyone. And kept, I kept BS, and I was like, oh, Larry from Lucasfilm said it's cool. You know, I was just, <laughs> you know, just totally representing everything and everyone. Um, a lot of the actors were super cool about it, and I went over to uh, Richard LaParmentier, who played Admiral Mahdi in A New Hope, and just all I wanted was um, a station ID for a, a radio show that I was working on. <laughs> and he uh, had his coffee. Doesn't look didn't look like he even took a sip out of it. And he goes, "No, no, come back later." And I start walking away, and I hear him go, <laughs> "Are you effing mad?" <laughs> Except he didn't say effing. He, he, he right, right. I appreciate you keeping it family friendly here. <laughs> so you know, I hear him say that, and immediately I hit record on my mic, and I turn around and I look at him. Oh, and this I is going to be good. I go, "What did you say?" And he goes, are you effing mad? Again. And I was like, I walked right up to him. And then now, now he's like, oh, geez, here he comes. And I'm with my brother. And I'm like, no, no, we're just trying to get an ID from you. And I think that I came back to him and started again. That I think he kind of respected that for a second. And I think we were, he was, I think we were kind of cracking him up a little bit. But he explained to us that uh, he wouldn't do it. Because every radio station in the country uses his line on their station promos, which is, this station is the ultimate power in the universe. Right, right. So What I, what I love is how you just start totally agreeing with him, Jim, on, on that little clip right. you guys have. You're like, yeah, I, I totally too. see your point. I totally <laughs> oh, yeah. see your point. Yeah, well, I, think, I think Jim's line in there is something like, that's so unfair to you. It's <laughs> <laughs> disrespectful. <laughs> Disrespectful. It is. It's, that's disrespectful. <laughs> so we get home. We get home from L.A. and I actually find the tape because I'm like I'm like Lucasfilm. I save everything, sure, and so sure. I find the tape and then I lay it on the guys and they go crazy for it. But, I think so. But that trip to L.A. It's one of those staples that I mean, just that little liner that you got or that that little clip you've got of him is just one of the staples of the show that make the show <laughs> so fantastic because. It's not a bunch of nerds just sitting around talking Star Wars. It's, it's just some guys who are hanging out, enjoying what they enjoy. And, uh, and, and you can look at things tongue-in-cheek, and you can have a good time with things. Um, and it's just been a... It's been a and the, the greatest thing in recent weeks to come out of the Force cast has been from you, Jason, dubbing the fan universe. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> you've got the OU, as given to us by the great Kyle Newman. You've got the EU. And then, as Jason so elegantly put it, you have the fan universe, the FU. And, uh, and it's a big FU, sir. Uh, yes. This- <laughs> Yes, it is. Uh. <laughs> but now, but you guys have kind of come to the point, and, and again, this is, I know it seems like I'm just sucking up to you guys, and I, and I don't mean to be, but you guys have come to the, no, no, please, go ahead, suck up more. Um, you guys have come to the point where you're really spearheading this, you know, a very big part of fandom with Star Wars, and you're giving, you know, Jim, you've said so many times, no fan left behind, but you guys really mean that. Because yeah. you have given the fans so much more access to just parts of Lucasfilm and Star Wars that they would have never had before uh, until the Force cast came along. Um, what are some of your favorite memories from, from the show thus far that you have? Wow. There's been a lot of them. Uh, obviously, going to L.A. and meeting all the guys and hanging out. Was fantastic. Finally, finally being accepted by the tribe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Hazing, we are now part of the tribe. <laughs> <laughs> the hazing finally came to an end. Uh, I'm telling they had me jumping through hoops like a poodle. I, it was just incredible. But um, that was a great time. And there's been so many little things. But it's, it's the ability to, to travel to these events. Like something like, for me, uh, Star Wars Celebration Japan. Yeah. To go to an event like that with all-access credentials... And really, not, you know, not just stick them in my pocket and get in line early so I could get in early to the store or something, but to really be able to cover the event and bring it home for people who can't go. That does mean a lot to me. That's my goal. That's what I want to do is take you with me. So um, it's not like the old days where it's just me versus Richard LaParmentier. here. Right. <laughs> now I got... <laughs> I got I got people covering my back for me and and that's that's what how I look at it you know I'm never alone at any of these things because my my goal is to to take everyone along with me and so you know when I go out to those things that that's that means a lot and and to be able to see these places meet these people and make new friends which has been fantastic yeah. all yeah. friends all over the world you know what I'm talking about big honkin because yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's this internet thing. It's yes. crazy. I, you know, I really think the internet is going to catch on. I so really do. <laughs> Here it comes. It's going to catch really, up with us. I think it's going to catch on. But that, to me, is, has been um, really, really special. It's to be able to take my two greatest passions, which is Star Wars and radio production, and be able to put them together in something that's so self-gratifying and also giving back to the fan community, too which means a lot to me. I know this, this must sound corny as hell to people who don't know me, but to people who do know me know that I'm not blowing smoke. I mean, I'm, I'm really telling the truth here. That's what I like. And then, you know, being able to have fa- FaceTime with guys like Mark Hamill and George Lucas, that doesn't hurt either. Right. So. Sure, sure, sure. Jason, do you have a favorite moment from the show? Oh, man. Um, I, I, it's really hard to pick one, one yeah. moment. Um, but I, I, for me, I think what I like the most about it is, is getting the feedback, getting the emails and the voice. I always get excited. 
I make it a policy. I don't listen to the voicemails before we play them on the show because I like them to be fresh. Sometimes they're too fresh. Right. Um, now, Jim screens when he puts <laughs> on. What, so, yeah. can, can we say Sonny from New Orleans? Sonny from, read Sonny from New Orleans. In between the line. Uh, no, I mean, it is that. I, I, I love that, and I like even when it's, when it's less than kind. I mean, as long as it's, you know, uh, you know pleasant. <laughs> you sure, can be sure. pleasantly uh, critical, but it's that. I mean, there was, uh, this was at Christmas time this year, and uh, I had lost a, a friend of mine in a car accident, and, and we hadn't seen each other in a while, so it was really kind of tough in a lot of ways. First yeah, time I yeah. someone from my peer group, and somebody who was a real dear friend in, in high school and just a lot of memories with him. and um, It really kind of threw the holidays off for me this past year. But I got in the mail a fan-made Star Wars vault, but they called it the Force Cast Vault. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah. Vault. So it was like their, these listeners sent in like their personal like favorite things about the Force Cast but they did it in a way that they like glued certain things in or pasted certain things in so yeah, that yeah. you got like one guy sent me his ticket stubs for wow. special editions and there was another guy who's a serviceman and i believe he's in the navy and he sent a map of all the places that he's listened to the force cast and that it is sort of you know given him comfort in a way yeah yeah through all of this and being able to take you know, his Star Wars buddies with him no matter where he goes. I mean, that is, that's something that you don't think about. Like Jimmy's saying, you know, when you get into podcasting, you don't think about that stuff, uh, making friends all over the world. But when it happens, it's, it's crazy. And for a serviceman yes. to tell yeah. us and say, thank you for what you do, really, thank me. Right, <laughs> right. Thank right. me. I wouldn't be able to do this if it wasn't people like you because yep. I don't have the guts to do what you do. That's right. Um, so, I mean, that kind of stuff is just uh, amazing. And that particular uh, package that came just came at the perfect time. So sure. That's, sure. A, that's a pretty cool memory. Uh, you know, I, I tell my listeners all the time, um, I, I didn't – I set out to do a podcast. That's all I wanted to do. I, I needed an outlet for my geekdom because I'm down in Podunk, South Georgia. Um, where the dark times for Star Wars were truly the dark times um, and where it's still the dark times for Star Wars. I mean, you know, unless you're putting on camo to go kill a deer, no one's really excited about what you're doing. And, and so my podcasting was really just started to kind of have an outlet and to have so many people respond. And, and I, you know, I'm, again, my audience isn't what your audience is, but, but you still have so many people respond so positively. I've got a good friend, and I consider him a friend. He... He lives in Virginia. He works on Air Force One, um, who, who keeps in touch. And he's, he's just always thanking me and, and doing for me and helping the show out. And it's just an amazing thing to find that people um, respond to this, to this medium the way that they do. Because I wouldn't think, I would have never imagined, you know. Because, guys, I'm going to tell you, I'm, it's, I recognize that all I do is sit here with a microphone and talk about what I enjoy. And I feel like I'm having so much fun, no one needs to thank me for having a good time. Well, that's just it. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a... Bo Actually, I kind of like the way Jim said it was that now the bonus... It used to be that the bonus was the, the love, you know, from people who listen to you and give you that time. 
Now it's like that's the real heart of it. That's the meat of it. Now yeah. the bonus is, oh, by the way, I got to meet George Lucas. I got sure. to, to see uh, Mark Hamill. I mean, it's, so it's kind of flip-flopped in a way mm-hmm. um, yeah. because the audience is, is, so, is so responsive. And uh, it's funny, I mean, how much ownership they feel of, you know, over the show. I mean, yeah. good, better, and different, you know. <laughs> uh, and they let you know, they're not, you know, Star Wars fans are not shy uh, by, by any At all, at all, indeed, indeed. <laughs> um, you, uh, just a, I know I've kept you guys a, a while, and I want to go ahead and wrap things up. Just a couple more questions for you. Um, Jason, when did you discover you could do a George Lucas? <laughs> Um, I'll tell you exactly when it was. I was in, and I don't, still don't know if I can do George Lucas, but I, um, I, I have, I, I've just always, I was the, the kid in school who, when I would talk about the teacher, I had to imitate the teacher. Yes, it's, just yes. how, it's just how I communicate. <laughs> yes. I don't know how to communicate without, you know, uh, kind of imitating in a way. And so I hear, I mean, there are times I don't really hear what people are saying. I'm hearing the way they're saying it. It's kind of odd, but I got the George Lucas interviews book, and I, I've plugged it on the show before. I highly recommend it if you don't if you don't have it. It's it's not real easy to find, but you can get it like on Amazon and stuff. Right. It's just a collection of every per major print interview that he did between like um, right around American American Graffiti. Well, no, actually, it predates American Graffiti. It's THX. Oh wow. Uh, um, or um, not? Excuse me. What am I trying to say? What's the the horrible sci-fi movie that nobody? Yeah, THX. Yeah, THX. Yeah. 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 Right. 1138. Yeah, yeah, no one's horrible. How can you call it horrible? It's horrible, Jim. It's not. It's no the deep. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so I I was reading this book, and I was just completely riveted by it. But when I would read it, I would read it as George. I mean, as, you know, because he has a very, you know, uh, particular way that he talks. And um, it's kind of like uh, Kermit the Frog yes. and uh, Ernie, uh, which were, of course, both Jim Henson. And it's always amazed me that he and George, Jim Henson were friends because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and knew each other because, I mean, I just wonder if at that any conversation. Point, What's going on today, George? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, um, but uh, <laughs> I, I would love for George to sing Rainbow Connection. I think one question. <laughs> oh, that's an instant request. song about rainbows. But I no, I mean I it's yeah, it's just that thing, and I and I didn't you know know yeah. that anybody picked up on it. And when I first did it on the show, I didn't you know it's just I didn't do it to do George. It was just I was talking about George, and you know. So that's sure. that. And, you know, yeah, sure. the, the impressions, I mean, you know, hey, they can't all be hits. You know, right. some, of them, some of them really work and, and some of them not so much. But, um, well, they, they kind of got out of hand uh, with people requesting birthdays. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that sort of thing. Jimmy, you, I mean, you have this cavalcade of voices that you do. I mean, you're like the male Blanc of the Force cast. Is this something you've done in your broadcast career, or is it just something that's come about in recent years? Um, how, how did you find your various ability to do different voices? I, just the first time I was ever given a tape recorder and a microphone. There you go. Uh, you, yeah. you just instantly start doing the voices. Um, I remember being a kid trying to do the voices of the Beatles, but 
the voices of the Beatles from the cartoon version. Right, right. It's like, well, it was like really over the top. You know, it's, uh, hey, John, hey, George. You know, i do that stuff, and I would do it into a tape deck. Okay, and then I would, yeah. you know, and then when I, on my ballsier days, I would like try to sing Yesterday or something. <laughs> Gotta get some of those tapes, man. Get get some of those tapes. Yes, you need it. <laughs> That'll be the greatest thing since Richard uh, Leparmentier that you've ever brought to the show, sir. <laughs> um, we, let me ask you this: a specific one, <clears throat> because immediately after the Clone Wars aired, here comes Zero. <laughs> and uh, when did you discover you could do Zero the Hut? I mean, because my thing is with voices that I do, it's just I kind of find out one day accidentally that I'm doing this voice. <laughs> Whether I've been trying to or not, I know that's weird. But like, I'll like the other day on the podcast, I went into Cobra Commander, and I was like, "Wow, that's a really good Cobra Commander for a Southern Hick from Georgia." You know, um, what? The did you do the Christopher Latta version? Yeah, from the from the old cartoon series. Yeah. Okay, not 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 the new guy. No, we were. I had a dude on. He was talking about the comic book series and how Cobra Commander started out like an Mway salesman. It's, <laughs> In the comic series, he was just a failed oh, really? businessman. He's like, he's kind of like an Mway salesman. I'm like, really? So he was like, excuse me, it's the lady of the house home. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. So that's yeah, but it just kind of happened. I was like, wow, look at there. <laughs> Go for Commander peddling the Amway soap, man. That is ass. <laughs> oh, and so and got, then and the same thing kind of happened with the Picard situation, and uh, and I didn't realize that I could right? do you know it was hair number one. Uh, <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my question, Jimmy. Is like because you sound nothing like Zero the Hut. What I mean, did you work? Did you go in your bathroom and work on this, or how did that come about? <laughs> teach. Oh, what I'm asking you to do is teach me. How to how to make voices come out of my mouth that are not mine? All right. Well, I re recall after seeing the movie, I called Jason. We were going to see it at the same time, albeit in different states. I took my boys. Jason went with Pete, and I called Jason afterwards, and we start talking about Zero the Hut. It's just like, where is that voice coming from? I know I've heard that voice somewhere before. I recall saying he sounds kind of like that warden. From Cool Hand Luke. Yeah. We have a failure to communicate. You know, that kind of sound. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that is the craziest sounding voice. Then it was revealed shortly after Filoni revealed that it was based on Truman Capote. Yeah, Truman Capote, yeah. And I was like, damn. So I went and looked on YouTube for Truman Capote videos. <laughs> and uh, Truman would be talking about literature and... <laughs> Yeah, well, all this stuff, and I'd be like, wow, that's crazy. And then I was in the car, and I just started just by myself driving. And I was like, what, did, what was he saying in the movie? He was like, a <laughs> And I started, I was like, that sounds pretty funny. And I went home and told the kids to come to dinner. I said, boys, please come to the table. <laughs> Their heads turned so fast. Like, yeah, that was Zero the Hut. And they were laughing, and I kept doing it more and more, and they were yelling for me to do it more and more. And then we got together for our first round table, a uh, proper round table, right. where we were discussing the Clone Wars movie. Yeah. And it was before we even started rolling tape or anything, Jason was getting everyone up on Skype, you know how we do. And 
I just I did the zero voice. <laughs> a treaty? It's impossible. <laughs> and everyone having a big laugh and stuff. You know, I'm loosening up the guys before we get into it. And during the show, Dustin Roberts says, "Jimmy, do your zero." No, yeah, yeah. Well, now I'm on the spot, so I better come up with something good. And I did it, and everyone started laughing, and one thing led to another, and before you know it, I'm doing it for Dave Filoni. Yeah, well, yeah, that was one of those moments. That was one of those pause your iPod moments because I, you know how your mind works faster than people talk? Oh, yeah. I was sitting there thinking, there's no way he's going to be able to pull off a good zero the hut. There's no way. Uh, <laughs> listen to him. He's all Chicago. He can't get that southern thing down. He listened to him. <laughs> And when you broke it out, like, I literally had to stop, back it up, listen again and again. I was rolling in the floor laughing just awesome. because of the shock of what it was. It was so, such a great moment. It's so funny. Hey, you know, but the, this Chicago boy, <laughs> my mom's side of the family is from northern Mississippi. Uh-oh. So I, I got me some coon dog in me. <laughs> Easy, killer. It's, watch out. <laughs> um, real quick, have yeah, you guys? You know, I, I didn't say that out loud, did I? No, that's it's fine. We can edit. We can edit all this yeah, in post. Better edit that out. Yeah, you better edit that out. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, hey, today I was on Twitter really quickly. I hate Twitter, but I was there, <laughs> and um, and and Kyle Newman had posted uh, a link to MTV's blog. Did you guys see the pictures of Bosk? Yeah, buddy. From Clone Wars. Yeah, buddy, I just saw him. I just saw him before we started recording this, so yeah. How about that crap? Awesome. I mean, yeah. <laughs> let me just ask that question. That's, that's pretty awesome. I mean, it's nice to see, you know, uh, a thin one. Yeah. Because we yeah. saw, like, the fat kind of uh, gross one. Right. Now that's, we see. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Right. No, it's awesome. I, I love, I, you know, I, I, people accuse me of shrinking the universe, but I love those I love those familiar characters. Yeah. I mean, to yeah. me, to find what Star Wars is, and uh, so to see him coming back, um, you know, into the Clone Wars, or is that really not really coming back? I guess it's more like being you know, introduced. Yeah, yeah, being introduced. Yeah, exactly through the Clone Wars. I mean, that's that's awesome. So it's. Uh, I think that my prediction is that season two is going to be a big year for bounty hunters uh, in general on the show, and um, once the live action series kicks off and we get the the weak way garbage man story there you go um, he's gonna, he's gonna be, yeah even a lot more bounty hunters um, well, they, they they rolled bosk into that uh animated series let's uh let's let's not worry about having him in the live action series um comic con's right around the corner guys and and i know you've talked your predictions and everything if there's a celebration five are you going to be there oh yeah no doubt yeah yeah no doubt unless it's, uh off continent I won't be there if it's if it's if it's off continent. But did, did we lose Jim? No, I'm here. I'm okay. here. Okay, okay. I was looking at something weird and it wasn't there. Uh, unless it's off continent. So yeah, that's right. You don't like to fly, do you, Jason? Right, right. Yeah, no, no. I'm, okay. no especially over water, large bodies of water. Large. <laughs> Jim, you. I guess you're there for Celebration Five if they announce it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's that's gonna... really what I'm hoping's coming out of Comic Con. I didn't get to go to Celebration Four. I was at Celebration Three, mm. and um probably one of the best con experiences of my life just it just seemed there were a lot of issues i know that year with the store and with lucas being there and everything but um but just the the camaraderie that was that was there amongst the fans uh the people i met and stood in line with and had a good time with it was just such a good time 
And, oh. uh, and we're hoping to do that again. I really hope they're announcing some Celebration 5. I hope so, too. I hope so, too. Get your, get your bingo card. At the, <laughs> Just go check at the that time. out. Yeah. <laughs> have we seen who now we haven't checked who's had more downloaded have we? no we're gonna wait we're gonna wait on that because it, right. it's not really uh it's not fair yet to yeah. announce me the winner <laughs> jim i know you're sweating that out sir i am how did this become a competition all of a sudden <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of competition really quickly last couple of things do you have just real fast before i ask you one other question do you have any advice for podcasters that are that are wanting to get started. I get I get emails all the time, and I know you guys do too. Please listen to my podcast and give me pointers. Please listen to my podcast and give <laughs> me pointers. Uh, not that I need to be giving anyone pointers. I listened to one of my episodes the other day where I thought I'd done a good job, and I'm like, oh my god, I suck. What what am uh, I doing? Yeah, you you don't want to listen to yourself um, in, in that way. Um, but my i guess my jimmy's the guy that really should be giving the advice cuz he's he's the pro but I, but i'll tell you my advice to anybody who who wants to be in podcasting uh just be yourself yeah just be yourself and you know you if you're passionate about what you're talking about and you're sincere you'll find an audience the audience will find you mm -hmm. yeah. that's good advice and trust your gut too um if you if your gut's telling you it's the right move go for it and if you're in a position where you're lucky enough to be getting feedback, don't overreact to every email you get, be it positive or negative. Like I said, stick with what your gut tells you to do because there's always going to be people telling you how to do it and, and ways you should go about doing it. Keep your ears open and listen. Just don't overreact and always remember what your goal is, whatever that goal may be for your show. And, um, you know, take, take advice with a grain of salt. But at the end of the day, do what your gut's telling you to do. And if, if, if you have confidence in yourself that way, that'll come across to the people who are listening. And, and, and so that, you know, everything will be a positive. And do a lot of shows. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, you always have, you know, if, you, if, if, you're, if you're releasing like one, you know, there's a lot of podcasts I listen to, you know, you, gosh, they'll go like, six weeks of two months without releasing shows and every talking about my show jason <laughs> <laughs> i'm not mentioning any name but but what but i what i mean is it gives you the the it gives you the courage to make mistakes because sure. you know you've got next week yeah you've got you know the next show um that's the other thing you know and 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 one of the things that we didn't do which i wish we would have actually is i suggest you record half a dozen shows before you even release one. Hmm. And, yeah. and, then, and then start releasing them so that you get... It depends on how topical you want to be. Yeah. But I think it does a couple of things. One, it gives you sort of an archive so that when you're learning the technology and everything, you can be releasing shows on a timely basis and not be knocking yourself out because you've sure. got a couple in the can. Um, the other thing it does is you get better. You get better like with anything else. The more you do it, the, the, the better you get. And so, you know, by, by not launching with your first effort, and then you can always go back and say, hey, guys, I got, really got something for you. Yeah, here's a special Very treat. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so that's, that's, that's all I have to say. Um, finally, there, there's something I, I just I feel like needs to be mentioned, uh, and I, this could get a little uncomfortable, and I apologize if it does. Um, you know, Jason, you've mentioned your enjoyment of the Twilight series <laughs> before. 
Um, you know. Oh, oh, oh no. Um, yeah. My show, I, I say my show, the tagline for my show is, it, it, I'm Geek Out Loud, it's your safe place to geek out. Um, there's, a, there's kind of a secret tagline beyond that, unless it's Star Trek or Twilight. Uh, <laughs> it was, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but every time I mean like one time someone else mentioned Twilight, uh huh, and uh, and and Jimmy just jumped on it, man. Like he just Jimmy, you roasted Jason the minute Twilight was brought up, and uh, and it just occurred and it occurred to me the other day as I was listening, you guys were talking, you were doing ability quote of the week. This has been several weeks ago, um, and and it was a General Hospital quote, and uh, and it just occurred to me, man, Jason. Kudos to you for really not sending it back over the net to Jimmy Mac when when he's got his bunny slippers on and his can of bonbons to be watching. I know, you know man. I mean, he 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 disses on me because of Twilight, but <laughs> you know how many episodes of Night Shift in General Hospital he's had to comb through yes. to get <laughs> you can't and enjoyed it. and enjoyed combing through. <laughs> exactly, because you know what? At first, it started out it was kind of a laborious thing, and then he got a little tired of the fast forward, and then you know. He's hooked. That's right. Yeah. There, there were dark moments when I would realize that Billy D hadn't been on the screen in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and you found a certain tear in your eye over a situation. You're like, wait a minute, what has happened to me? <laughs> over his own situation, watching the show. I'm not even sitting on the couch anymore. I'm sitting on the coffee table in front of the couch so I can be closer to the TV. Tissue in hand. <laughs> You know, clenching I mean, my the deep T-shirt that I still have to this day, holding a, a, a mug of warm herbal tea with both hands. <laughs> you know, I boot nice, yeah. the set. Oh man! Well, guys, but no, I, I do it because so you don't have to. Sure. Well, I and I appreciate that <laughs> beyond words. Um, <laughs> and while I've got you, because I keep meaning to email you this, uh, there was a there was a uh, mini series back in the eighties called Chiefs, and uh, it was a three-episode miniseries. I guess, I think it was on NBC, and it spanned, like, three different generations of sheriffs or, or chiefs of police in this town, and the third and final one was Billy D. And the uh -huh. only reason, I remember as a kid watching that miniseries on, that came on Sunday nights on, for three weeks in a row was because my mom said, well, Billy D. Williams is going to be in one of these. <laughs> and I was like, Lando? You know, so, and, and the line, the line that just sticks out to me this day was he's walking into the killer's backyard and he's like, there's graveyards here. I feel <laughs> it in my bones. And I just as well. And so if you can dig that up, Jim, I think you'll have fun, fun with that. I'll look for that. Yeah, that geez. sounds awesome. Guys, listen, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. It's been a pleasure having you guys on and. Um, and thank you for your show. It, it's uh, it's consistently entertaining and it's consistently informative, and uh, and I just have a good time listening to you guys. And so we appreciate uh, as a fan of your show, and as a star and as a fellow Star Wars fan, thank you for what you guys do. I'm looking forward to the day when you're not just the official podcast of theforce.net and rebelscum.com, but you're able to say the official Lucasfilm Star Wars podcast. <laughs> that would be uh, well. You know, we're happy where we are, and and. Um, that's very kind of you to say that. So that's that's very. So cool. there's no movement on that front then. <laughs> no, no. I, I I think they like us. They like us in our cage, right where we sure. are. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, you're welcome. We'll be talking again soon. All right. Thanks, Steve.
And once again, thanks so much to Jason and Jimmy Mack from the Forcecast for coming on, being a part of the show. You can be a part of the show by emailing me at geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. Make sure that you get uh, those emails in before the next episode when we'll be cleaning out the mailbag. It could be a long one, possibly a fun one. We might try to get some other people in on it. Um, Definitely want to get Derek in on the show. I know that people miss Derek and I podcasting together. I miss Derek and I podcasting together. Going to try to bring him in on uh, for some thoughts on Comic-Con, if if he's so inclined. And uh, a lot of other things coming down the pipe. So keep your eyes tuned for BigHonkinShow.com, BigHonkinShow.com. Always head over to GeekOutOnline.com to check out the latest reviews on comic books, movies, TV shows, different sorts of things. We are definitely building a team there. Uh, Quick apology to Jason Burgos, who had emailed me. He was the dude I was talking about that never got back in touch with me with Green Lantern. The minute I finished recording that episode with Bailey, boom, got an email from Jason pretty much. So, uh, Jason's going to be around. Super Clerk's going to start a new feature where he's um, reviewing some comics for us. All kinds of things coming on the pipe for geekoutonline.com. Geekoutpodcast.com is where you can find the podcast and all the archives there. If you're missing some old shows, you want to go back and listen. I don't know why you would, but if you want to, go for it. Guys, again, thanks so much. Uh, part of the reason that this interview happened and, and things went so smoothly, and it did go very smoothly with the guys getting them on, was because you paved the way with your emails to the Force Cast and letting those guys know that we're out here. You and me, you're the greatest podcast listening audience in the universe, and I'm Big Hawk and Steve, and I want to thank you once again for being with us. We'll see you next time. Geek out.